It is 5.02, and that means we are in This Week in Moab. I'm your host, Molly Marcello, and seated somewhat next to me is a, a voice that many locals might know. Hello, Brian Murdoch. Hello. Good to be here. How does it feel to be in the studio? It, it feels good to be back. It's been a little while. Yeah. Well, welcome back to KZMU. So Brian is the Recreation and Trails Manager for the Manti LaSalle National Forest Moab Monticello Ranger District. That's right. Did I get that completely? Wow. Okay. So Brian is here to talk about recreation impacts from the Pack Creek Fire as uh, regular listeners We'll know the Pat Creek Fire um, has burned about 9,000 acres and as of today is 80% contained. Um, and it started way back, it feels like a, a long yeah, time ago now, right? It does. June 9th. Yeah, almost three weeks. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll get into the impacts, but first, Brian, for listeners who might not know, can you um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into your current position with the Forest Service? Sure. So I've been in land management for well, a couple of decades now. Um, I've been tied to the Moab area for a long time. I've actually been in this position for 16 years. Um, But before that, I actually lived in Pack Creek and worked up at Pack Creek Ranch. Um, Two different summers, lived up under some of the cottonwood trees that were actually burnt in this fire. So I have some personal attachment to some of the (laughs) the issues and and impacts, too, from this fire. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've I've worked kind of all over the West and Alaska, BLM and Forest Service, and... um, been here the longest because this is the best place there's nowhere better as someone who you know worked at the back Great ranch you know what was going through your mind when you heard about the fire that started so i was actually up at LaSalle pass when this started and uh doing some trail stuff and heard it on the radio and said oh, i'm going to drop by and see what's going on so i ran up there that night um and when i went up to, to the uh turn off there the fire was quite a ways by the ranch and I thought oh great okay it's up on the forest and mm-hmm. you know we'll deal with it and the ranch isn't really mm-hmm. that threatened um yeah. and so I left and then the next morning all of a sudden I get all those reports coming in that you know the wind had pushed mm-hmm. it back down canyon through the repairing area and you know originally people were kind of um that didn't really know what was, what was happening they had the whole ranch had burned down and that's not true but right. um mm-hmm. you know it, it was very uh <laughs> it's confusing at first. very confusing and you know yeah. i had to make sure i got all the facts straight before i i uh you know said anything about it too but it, it was uh yeah it was pretty impactful to think of the whole ranch mm-hmm. and all those houses up there threatened mm-hmm. like that and, and some did burn and that's a big deal to those homeowners for sure so. mm-hmm. and many people are crediting of course the people first on the scene like the Moab valley fire department for you know making sure it wasn't as devastating as it could have been. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I said, I was there that night, and um, you know, I heard the fire crews getting there and calling in basically everything they could with air and everything mm-hmm. else. So it was uh, about as fast as you could possibly be. And uh, luckily, it was. I mean, somewhat lucky that it was early in the season, so we did have a lot of resources available. I think later on in the season, we would have had a lot less resources available as sure. we moved into the fire season. So. Now, um, listeners know it did move up into the forest, which is why we're here to talk yep. about it. And then 9,000 acres, you know, looking at the fire map, which I have, or fire map, excuse me, looking over the um, closure map, you know, and seeing what is closed and also looking at, you know, Pack Creek fire updates and seeing the perimeter of the fire, 9,000 acres is pretty large still. Yeah. It's a large area. It is a large area. Um, you know, our district isn't huge. 9,000 acres of it is a big chunk of it for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you look at 
Um, I was up at Warner last week, and it's watching some of the smoke still coming off a haystack, and you look way over there at Pack Creek where it started, and you mm-hmm. really get the scale of how big this thing was. And wow. it's fairly narrow in places, but yeah, it's it's a large fire. Yeah, I want to get into potential the impacts from the from the fire and what you've observed so far. But can you tell us first, like? What type of, you know, recreation is happening up on the mountain? You know, what are the user groups that we're talking about when we talk about recreation in the LaSalle's? Sure. So, you know, for a long time, the LaSalle's were kind of the backdrop to all this, the uh, parks and the BLM land mm-hmm. is up down here. We're becoming more and more of a destination as well, mm-hmm. um, whether we like that or not. Um, people are coming here for the mountains, too. Mm-hmm. So we have a wide range almost everything you can imagine is happening up there on the mountain with recreation motorized and non-motorized we have a lot of roads that are open to utvs and Mm -hmm. four-wheelers and motorcycles um, as well as on adjacent state land we've got a lot of single track motorcycle trails over there Um, but probably the biggest use we have is mountain biking it is moab here Mm -hmm. Um, so the whole enchilada and uh, a lot of the outfitters associated with you know taking people on that trail or shuttling people up to that trail Um, a lot of hiking as well and you know in the winter a lot of winter recreation skiing and Mm -hmm. and uh snowshoeing and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. too so it's the full range of recreation occurring up there and of course in the fall and in the spring now we also have hunting um we do have bear hunts that are going on starting Mm -hmm. next week um and this will you know affect that as well so okay and i know from previous conversations with you that visitor use is only increasing over the years too so yes yeah lots of visitors yeah yeah we um we we do have some good numbers on the trail systems now at least on the whole enchilada we have some and about it seems like a couple of thousand get added every year to the upper part of the whole enchilada and i think our last counts were like thirty-five thousand people on the borough pass section Um, and that's the last piece to open so you have a lot more than that as you move down the trail system so yeah it's a lot of people a lot of people so let's talk about you know this closure map um so right now there's a closure order on many areas of the forest including um like we just mentioned popular hiking and biking trails like sections of the whole enchilada um moonlight meadows gold basin trail clark lake trails am i missing some uh, there's a lot in there. I mean, it's essentially everything between Miner's Basin and Pack Creek is closed currently. Okay. Um, but the ones you mentioned are probably the most popular ones, yeah. Okay. And, you know, have you been up there recently, you know, to check things out? What are What's on the ground out there? So the fire is still burning actively around Haystack and in Geyser Pass, so mm-hmm. there's some places we can't really get to. Um, I have been up to Warner and Uwa and a couple other places like that inside the, the fire or adjacent to the fire perimeter. Um, but we can't really get into the, the heart of a lot of it yet. Um, okay. but we have had people flying over and looking at it and, you know, mm-hmm. the firefighters have been in there. So it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, when you look at the fire perimeter map, which we keep putting out, mm-hmm. you have to remember like not everything is black in there cause you look at it and it's kind of like, wow, right. that all burned. Well, it didn't. It's like most fires, it's a mosaic in some places burned really hot and heavy and it's very mm-hmm. black, like in Dory Canyon, mm-hmm. other places like around Geyser Pass, we had a lot of green meadows and it was upper elevation um there's still a lot of green left inside that fire perimeter so okay. i keep telling people that don't get too disheartened until you get up there and see it because um there will be some good effects that come from this fire as well yeah and this fire i mean fire is obviously something that all these different interagency teams you know prepare for is that something that has been on your mind as the recreation trails manager Absolutely. I mean, we've looked at this, you know, we have some very thick fuel types um, up on the up on the mountain. Um, A lot of our aspen actually, which needs fire has been, you know, needing something like this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with the increased 
recreation and campfires and just more people around. That's always something on our mind is how do we educate and manage this to avoid something like this happening. Mm. Um, but sometimes it does. So you're saying, you know, people don't lose heart <laughs> about the impacts of the fire. Any other observations that you can share um, from your time in, in the mountains? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing I think, you know, make sure, like I said, you don't think everything inside that fire perimeter is black. There's a lot, okay. there's wildflowers, there's green meadows. Okay. Um, so there's been, I, I keep telling people that. And uh, the closure area too is much bigger than the fire perimeter. So some people have got that confused and thought everything that was that was in that closure area is, is uh, burnt. It's not. We're, that's just what we're trying to keep mm-hmm. closed to the public so that the firefighters can do what they need to do inside that closure area. Mm, um, okay. You know, we're, we are trying to get that open as soon as we can. As soon as it's safe for people to enter that area, we'll be looking at reducing that closure. But I would um, expect certain pieces of the mountain are going to be closed for most of the summer, like mm-hmm. Geyser Pass Road. Um, even after the fire's out, there's going to be a lot of safety issues with dead trees and snags mm-hmm. um, that we're going to have to work on before we can really get the public in there. So okay. um, we're just really asking the public to be understanding of this. We're trying as hard as we can to get it open to people because we know it's it's where people in Moab go to get out of the heat. It's either the river or the mountain this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the mountains closed now. So we, we know that and we're trying to get that open as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are some of the assessment processes that, you know, agencies go through, you know, in order to say, hey, okay, this, this seems to be safe to, to reopen? Yeah, so, uh, you know, right now where we have active fire still, and, and we could have active fire inside that perimeter all summer, mm-hmm. that's we're really cautious about that because if we have a change in weather, right. change in wind direction, mm-hmm. a change in relative humidity, that could get active again. Right. And if we got a bunch of people up at Warner, all of a sudden, you know, it's a public safety issue. So mm-hmm. even though Warner and UWA didn't burn, um, they're one-way roads, they're narrow roads, and that's something we take into consideration, like how fast can we get people out of mm. here if we really needed to. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and we work hand-in-hand with the sheriff's department on this too, um, with evacuations. And so mm-hmm. those are some of the things we're looking at. You know, if we got a whole bunch of people strung out in the backcountry on trails, way back in there, mm-hmm. that's a very hard for us to get them out as well. So that's kind of what we're looking at as well on whether we're going to open it or not. So it's not, it, so it's really about infrastructure too. You know, what, what do those infrastructure resources look like? What does the road look like? Yes. Yeah. How okay. fast can we get people in and out of there? What the egress yeah. is like coming okay. out of a place? Not so. just if something is actively burning. Yeah, okay. exactly. And, you know, like Warner, um, the campground right now isn't really threatened, even though there's fire still in the north face of Melanthin there, but a lot of the trails that leave from Warner go right into where the active fire is. Right, and so right, that's yeah. something we're looking at. Like, how do we safely open up Warner Lake campgrounds sure. but keep people out of active right. fire? Wandering area? into the active fire yes. zone. <laughs> yes. And have people been pretty respectful about, you know, I know the LaSalle Loop Road ha- is open, um, but it's really, you know, supposed to be open for through traffic to private property. How's that been going? Uh, good. You know, we've had great support. Um, we've got a lot of outfitters that use the mountain, and, you know, this impacts their business. They've been really supportive and really helpful in getting the word out. So um, the shuttle companies can go up to Cocopelli Trail now, so they just can't take them up higher on the mountain. Um, but, yeah, we've been had a lot of great okay. support. There hasn't been a lot of issues um, with people trying to get in there. I mean, there's other places to recreate, and people are going those, those directions. So. Sure. Okay. The word is out. Yeah, speaking of shuttle companies, you know, during KZMU News this morning, um, we had a little story about um, potential impacts to the mountain biking community. Um, have you heard anything from your mountain biking friends about what <laughs> their, what's on their minds right now? Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of questions about the whole enchilada because that's what everybody wants to ride right. in the summer. 
Um, you know, we have been directing him. So we opened up LaSalle Pass, and there's a bunch of new trails in there, like okay. the Borough Friends and Medicine Lake, South Mountain Trail. Those are all open now. Um, so people can head that direction. Sure. And we have a whole other mountain range in our district um, that's not on fire <laughs> and hopefully won't be this summer. But the Abajos are actually right. not that much farther than to driving to the LaSalle. So uh-huh. we do have great single track down there um, for people to use as well. So That's a good point. The yeah. Abajos are quite close. Yeah. And, and yeah, knock on wood yeah. with the fire. <laughs> I also wanted to mention, you know, what you could say about um, the bear team, which is the Burned Area Emergency Response Team. Got it right. Okay, good. Well, I do have it in my notes, so I hopefully I can read these notes correctly. But um, as I understand, you know, this team has hydrologists, geologists, soil scientists, road engineers, all sorts of people um, with all sorts of specialties that are sort of assessing the damage of the um, the burn. Um, can you talk a little bit about what they've been doing this week? Have you been out there with them? Yeah, absolutely. So I just met with them before coming over here, mm-hmm. um, and they're heading up to the Benyon Fire, which is on the northern part of our forest. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what they spent the last three or four days doing is coming up with this soil burn severity map to show um, how soil is affected. Okay. And the, the really good news is since this was such an early burn, a lot of the high elevation, I mean, some places even had snow on it still. Wow. Um, but even places where like an entire stand of trees were burnt, totally done, it didn't impact the soil that much like it would normally just because the soil was still wet and like I said it even had mm-hmm. snow on it in places right um so that's going to come back pretty good and you know what the bear team's really looking at is that soil mm-hmm. more than anything because now that we've got bare soil and not a lot of ground cover in so many places we if we get monsoons which we haven't had the last couple of years but if we do um you know we could expect to have increased erosion coming off of there mm-hmm. and that's really what they're looking at is what could those erosion events do downstream to mm-hmm. infrastructure like homes, like Pack Creek and different mm-hmm. places like that? So right. what they're really looking at on this first go-around for bear is, you know, post-fire impacts, um, how do we mitigate those? And they'll be coming up with a plan here in the next couple of days with the district on uh, areas where there might have been some high uh, burn severity or moderate burn severity mm-hmm. where we need to do something like, um, you know, we might need to do water bars on trails or um, just look at different options for mm-hmm. or just warn people hey expect this if we get them on soon so sure right and soil is important too for waterways yeah uh, too much soil in the creek yes exactly i yeah. mean we will have increased sedimentation that almost always happens after these events mm-hmm. um the one other thing that i have heard a lot is you know, mm-hmm. people are really worried about water municipal water and um, as most people know, our water here is actually groundwater, so mm-hmm. they don't expect the burn or any increased erosion to have direct impacts to the groundwater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you will see increased erosion and sedimentation in some of the streams, but that's not really going to affect our groundwater or our drinking water. What about recovery for recreation? Um, you know, do you are you also dra- drafting your own report? <laughs> yeah. So the second kind of phase of bear is looking at infrastructure, and that'll be like roads and trails and things that burned up and what we can replace. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be looking at doing a, a, a more in-depth assessment of each of those trails to see what what happened and what we might need to do. Okay. Um, luckily, uh, really all of our recreation infrastructure, other than trails, um, were totally avoided. Like I said, Uwa and Warner, right. you're not even going to really notice the fire. Even though it burnt right above Uwa Lake, if it, if it doesn't burn anymore... Most people probably won't even notice that it burned up there. Wow. Um, Pack Creek itself, obviously, where it started, yeah, it got pretty mm. pretty burned in there mm-hmm. um, in the picnic area. So mm-hmm. that'll be something we'll be looking at, too. But the trail-wise, the big thing is going to be looking at how um, 
many snags and how many public safety hazards there are before we can open those up. And then we'll be going in and doing some additional mm-hmm. water bars and erosion control on some sure. of those sites. So. Okay. So this might be, you know, a long process. <laughs> yes, it is going to be a long process. Um, and it may be that some of those cl- those, those trails, that like around uh, Clark Lake, Moonlight Meadows, those really got burned over pretty heavy. Okay. Um, those may end up being closed a big, a big chunk of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole enchilada which a lot of people asked about, really didn't get burned at all except for the very top, about a half a mile on what we call Geyser to Burrow for okay. right from the trailhead okay. that was in meadows. So I don't know that people are really going to notice it that much. So okay. we're hoping to get that open, um, you know, as soon as possible because that's our most popular trail and it wasn't really affected. So mm-hmm. How are you feeling now? You know, you've probably been in the thick of this for, what, three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like everybody, it's pretty tragic to see those giant uh, smoke columns rising off the mountain and uh-huh. I go what are they hitting and what are my favorite places that are getting burned up and yeah. you know you could just look across social media and see that emotional response from people uh-huh. and fire does that right. you know but but uh being able to get up there last week and this week and look at how much green there still is um it, it makes me hopeful you know and I've mm-hmm. some things are already coming up willows oaks they're already sprouting I mean it's pretty amazing how resilient these landscapes are um and, and really, fire is something that a lot of that vegetation needs. So mm-hmm. it's going to thrive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So hopeful for recovery. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I was speaking to um, this, this professor at Northern Arizona University who studies um, community response to wildfire. <laughs> She's a sociologist. Yeah. So interesting. Such an interesting person. Um, and she was talking about how um, when communities, you know, go through the grieving process, that's initially, the, you know, the first response, right? Maybe some anger in yeah. there too, especially if it was, wasn't started by natural conditions like the Pack Creek Fire. Yeah. Um, once they kind of move into some sort of acceptance, they get excited about seeing the landscape recover and seeing what things come back and how it changes. So perhaps we might be entering that that phase Absolutely. before too long. I think people will be surprised. I mean, I, there are places that are, you know, really nuked. I use that term because they are just yeah, gone. Just but gone. most of the places you're going to see, mm-hmm. I mean, next year, it'll be, even this fall, it'll be coming back green and Mm-hmm. Um, elk will be out there grazing in those uh, stands where there's grass now instead of just trees and mm-hmm. um, you know things will adjust and this, this mountain's been burning for a long time since we, before we were here and, and mm-hmm. it'll do it again and it's just part of the system so right. it is tragic when it's not something that started naturally and like I said when homes burn but um, there are good things that will come out of this. So. Yeah. Now before you go and <laughs> before I let you off the hook here yeah. I do know that this Forest Service is still going through a plan. Yes. So you know that's happening simultaneously with yeah. you know emergency needs. We are um, we have a draft plan you can actually go to our website and look at that and we're uh-huh. hoping to actually have an official scoping period of that draft plan. Mm-hmm. I think late summer or fall, that's not set, but okay. we're hoping to have that out. Um, but I would encourage people to get on our website, the Manti the Sal National Forest website, and look up the draft plan. Um, there won't be a lot changing in the plan because of this. I mean, this is something, like I said, it occurs. and mm-hmm. um, It happens. Yeah, it happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that there'll be many changes because of this. Um, we, you know, we've done a lot of fuels work, especially around the neighborhoods and the mm-hmm. private property up there. Um, and that'll be something that we continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we are doing that plan. So take a look at that for sure. And, and, you know, if you want updates, utahfireinfo.gov mm-hmm. and the Manti website, both have updates, um, daily of where we're at on the fire. So okay. it's a good place to check. 
So scoping period, even though it's not set yet, um, that in my mind is bringing up public participation. Does yeah. that, so that's another opportunity for the public to yep. get involved. Yeah, and right now we're taking comments, even though it's not official scoping, um, mm-hmm. and those comments will be rolled over into our official scoping. So really it's like a really long scoping process so people can get on <laughs> sure. there and really uh, read our exciting plan we have on there. There are really good things in there, but it can be kind of a dry thing. But it does uh-huh. give people a long time to, to review it and uh-huh. ask questions. I mean, we're available if they want to call the office and say what you know what does this mean in the plan and Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's there and uh, it'll be going out for scoping hopefully the end of this summer okay brian thank you so much for listeners who just tuned in we're uh, speaking with brian murdoch the recreation and trails manager for the mante lasalle national forest boab and monticello ranger district anything else to mention about uh recreation impacts and pack creek fire anything about the forest service um i just like i mentioned before we're trying to get it open as quick as possible um, there are other places to recreate. LaSalle Pass and the Abajos are open. Mm-hmm. Um, the the less time we have to spend chasing people out of the closure, the more time we can concentrate <laughs> on the fires. We really ask people to do that. And reminder that we did go into stage two fire restrictions, which means no mm-hmm. fires even in a campground. Um, so, if, yeah, you can't mm-hmm. have a fire on the forest or public lands at all right now. Right. I, I would just go even further, just personally, my personal opinion, just anything that could potentially start fire, please consider uh, please don't do yeah well thank you so much brian it's been a pleasure to have you um we're gonna take a quick break and then be back with two people who um are doing a little fundraising work for when those restoration efforts uh begin so stick with us that's coming up um in just a minute at 5 30 You are tuned into KZMU Moab Community Radio. I'm Molly, your host of This Week in Moab, and we are live with Laura and Abby. Can you introduce yourselves for our listeners? Hi there. Um, I'm Abby Layton, and I'm a local artist and illustrator. And my name is Laura Borshevsky, and I've lived in Moab full-time for the past few years and just really care about this place. So these two in the studio have created a fundraiser um, for the LaSalle Mountains. We just spent the first half of this program talking to um, Brian Murdoch, who kind of talked about the impacts to recreation. Um, He was keeping it hopeful. Of course, there are definitely impacts um, that are up there. You know, you both uh, live in this community. Um, You both care about this community. I know you care about the LaSalle Mountains. Um, Tell us what sparked the idea to make a fundraiser for restoration. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and start, and then Abby's obviously been critically involved in it as well. Um, But I, (laughs) yeah, it's interesting. So when we first really saw, like, the pyrocumulus clouds on that one Thursday when the whole fire really blew up, and, you know, people kept watching and watching and watching, like, the Facebook groups, and it was still 0% contained. Um, I know that you and Brian just spoke about how Mm -hmm. a lot of people go through those grieving stages, right, and, like, the shock and the anger Mm -hmm. and I definitely, like so many of us, felt super sad um, Mm -hmm. and wanted to do something. And the only thing I could think of to do was figure out how we could get more people involved who also care about Moab and maybe don't live here. Hmm. Because there are so many people, as we all know, especially right now with it being a busier season, who come through and love this land, love recreating here, um, and sometimes love it to death, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
Um, initially, I'd reached out on Instagram and asked a bunch of folks. Uh, I, I do have people who follow me who love Moab. <laughs> so I was like, this is a great opportunity to get uh-huh. involved. Um, what do you all think about donating to the Moab Valley Fire Department? Sure. That got actually a, a fairly significant response, and we were able to donate $1,600 to that fund. And that was when I was like, wow, I feel like there's more that we can do here. Mm. And it seems like it would be a great opportunity to really shine a light on the LaSalle's and future mm-hmm. restoration because, um, like Brian said, in the last segment, it's going to be a long process. So um, I reached out to one of my favorite artists who lives here, Abby, and, and we had a chat. <laughs> yeah, um, she basically DM'd me on Instagram and uh-huh. was like, I have this awesome idea for a fundraiser. Uh, would you like to create a graphic for it? And obviously I was like, I would love to do that because I remember uh, the fire started and it was like a couple days mm-hmm. into it. And it was just, I remember waking up one morning and just like smelling the smoke in the mm-hmm. bedroom and it was just really scary. And I really wish I could have could help in some way, but I really didn't think of anything I could do. But then the same day I was thinking that thought, Sarah reached out to me and I was like, this is perfect. Uh, and, interesting. Uh, basically, my um, idea behind the design was just, mm-hmm. I was up at Warner Lake a couple days before the fire started mm-hmm. and there was just like a bunch of wildflowers in bloom and it was like a beautiful sunny day. And so I just like really wanted to capture that in the mm-hmm. design. And that was kind of the inspiration behind it. It's just like the beauty of spring and the wildflowers up there. Okay, so you knew that you reached out to this designer, Abby. Um, you knew it was going to be a t-shirt? Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with using Bonfire, which is the um, mm-hmm. platform that's hosting the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really, really good at building out a system that allows anyone to mm-hmm. create a design. Um, you don't even have to be as talented as Abby is, but it certainly <laughs> helps. <laughs> and you can create um, a variety of t-shirts, shirts. They even have like tote bags and stuff. But right now, I think their stock's pretty limited. So we just want with a variety of shirts and that was kind of what we talked about from the start and everyone seemed to dig it now i know it's not here before us abby but can you walk us through the design i know like the inspiration for the design but um for our radio audience help us imagine it yeah um (laughs) it's basically a scene of warner lake um it's a couple different colors it's kind of 70s inspired um i did like Mm -hmm. this custom hand typography for the word lasalle and Mm -hmm. mountains it's all like hand uh lettered And um, I just have some wildflowers in the foreground and then Mm -hmm. Warner Lake and the mountains reflecting on the water. And it's just like a really serene scene of the LaSalle's that everyone kind of pictures when they think of the mountain range so that's so neat it does have like this like home like I don't know it feels like I don't want to say the word homey because that's not nostalgic yeah that's the word I'm looking for I was like what's that feeling when you think of a place fondly like we're all kind of thinking (laughs) of the LaSalle's very fondly right now so I wanted to make it kind of nostalgic and Uh home feeling what you're saying nice okay so you you guys got together you got the design and then what happened you put it out to um, people that you know people that follow you on Instagram How did you get the word out? Yeah, so Abby and I collaborated on the actual like bonfire layout of like how many different colors there were going to be we wanted mm-hmm. to have like a large variety so there's even youth sizes too um okay. and long sleeves tees t-shirts tank tops <laughs> all that um just so if someone likes anything they can get it and mm-hmm. we initially both launched it on our instagrams at the mm-hmm. same time on the same day mm-hmm. um and that got a great response but then 
we thought it'd be great to reach out to the more local Moab community because obviously everybody feels so endeared to these mountains and Mm -hmm. also has their own networks and friends and family who might want to support um, this beautiful place. So I shared it to the Moab Classifieds Facebook group Mm -hmm. in a discussion post and it really blew up from there. Honestly, (laughs) Um, we like doubled the the sales and um, the profits from that, um, which 100% of which are going to restoration projects um, Mm -hmm. as a result of the fire. So this community is just incredible and that time and time again we see that do you know how many people you know how many how many shirts have have gone so far as of monday yeah as of right now i checked it right before i walked into the studio actually Mm -hmm. and we've sold 410 wow and then there's also a donation aspect to that too so the proceeds go straight towards um this fundraiser but then folks can choose to donate on top of that so we've received an additional i think a thousand dollars on top of that in donations so Mm -hmm. um it's been about fifty seven hundred dollars so far for this fund and it's um again very humbling and i can only imagine all the things we're going to be able to help support up there yeah let's talk about that you know because i know that we're not at a point yet that uh restoration you know projects are necessarily happening immediately so how is this funding going to get to the right organizations and people when those projects occur Yeah, that's a really good question. So when we were first conceptualizing where this money was going to go, it is complicated, right? Because Mm -hmm. like you said, the National Forest Service is tied up into this. Brian had a lot to say on all Mm -hmm. the studies that are still going going on right now and going to need to happen in order to make sure that we know how we can best help restore the mountain um, and what's a safety concern or not for recreationalists and just Mm -hmm. for community members. Um, So I reached out to Moab Trail Mix first because they were the one organization that I knew of Mm -hmm. that um, works with the Forest Service and also does so much for our trails here locally. They were super helpful, um, Mm -hmm. happened to get me connected to Brian Murdoch over email. (laughs) So yeah, so we've actually been in touch. Uh And um, yeah, from there, we're going to just have to wait. It's kind of a waiting game um, to see what's going to come out of it. Yeah, exactly. And we're not at a point yet where we're like, okay, well, we can fund this at this trail or but we'll get there. Um, Now, are you expecting more or to come in like how long are you going to keep this open um, I think we're going to keep it open for a little bit longer I'm going to okay. post it on my Instagram a couple more times and <laughs> okay. uh, hopefully uh, Laura does too and oh yeah um, uh-huh. yeah we're just going to try to get as many people as we can to donate to it even if it's just donations and we yeah. have to buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. or um, anything like that but yeah we just want to keep mm-hmm. pushing it until we can kind of see it trickling away and then maybe mm-hmm. we'll kind of close it when we see that happening and yeah. what's an easy way for people to find find the link or find the page or all that yeah um they can head to either my instagram or abby's instagram i wish we had like a quick bit link for sure. people so they can remember it but <laughs> uh-huh. um and i don't know how easily searchable it is on bon- bonfire uh-huh. um you could go to bonfire.com and search for we love the LaSalles and it might show up but okay. if you go to um it's Abigail Layton. It's Abby underscore Layton. Sweet. And mm-hmm. it's right, it's the link right in my uh, bio on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And mine's how she views it. Same thing. Um, link mm-hmm. in our bio. Um, uh, the initial fundraiser, um, they do these in batches. It will close tomorrow sometime. So if you want to get in on the first batch that will be shipped out sometime around July 7th, mm-hmm. we are told, um, I would order them today if you can. Um, <laughs> if you can't and that's not accessible to you, no worries. Like Abby said, we'll, we'll do another mm-hmm. batch 
watch and reopen mm-hmm. it. Some there's been some additional requests for some other types of shirts. So <laughs> really um, stickers. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe some stickers. <laughs> oh, so wow. Yeah. Do you think that like you know in your own process of understanding what happened with the fire and feeling you know like you didn't know what to do? Do you think that this has helped? You know, you feel like you're doing something. You know, or making some sort of action. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's making a big am- impact, not just financially, but just bringing the community together. Mm-hmm. It's really made the community come closer and want to help raise money to put towards the La Salle. So it's been mm-hmm. really uh, fulfilling in that way, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and I can't wait to see everyone wearing their shirts around town. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll be really fun um, and also bring people together, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else to say about the La Salle's? Any Anything that you're looking forward to returning to um, once it's it's safe to do so? Probably some mountain biking up there would be really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've wanted to do some type of um, backpacking or more long distance hiking. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm originally from the Northwest and just being able to get up and spend time out in the mountains overnight is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So Mm -hmm. being able to just be there overnight more often is um, something I'm sad I won't really get to do much this summer, but I am already looking forward to it the next time that it's safe to do so. Mm -hmm. We're around all of these amazing resources, hiking trails, biking trails, climbing resources, and you know, not being able to go to a place, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there as soon as it's open. Like, I'm ready to go back. You don't know what you have till it's gone. I know. It's completely true. Yeah, I was actually talking with a lot of residents the weekend after the fire really, you know, uh-huh. caught. And we were saying how I think a lot of us have unspokenly really valued the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe haven't said it. You know, it, it has mm-hmm. been unspoken. And I, you know, it's sad that it, it takes something like a, a wildfire that's human cause for people to really come together and say, like, yeah, we do really appreciate this place, but I'm also glad it's getting its due. And um, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll just say say the things that we love a little bit more often. Mm, so true. For those of you just tuning in, we're speaking with Abby and Laura. Um, these two started a fundraiser for future restoration projects in the LaSalle Mountains. Um, there's, uh, you, like they said, you can donate a little bit. You can donate a lot. Um, you can get a t-shirt for a certain donation. Do you mind going over those details again? Where can they find you on Instagram for those links? Yeah, uh, my Instagram handle is Abby underscore Layton, and the link for the fundraiser is in my bio right on my page. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can buy a t-shirt, long sleeve, crew neck, and a tank top. Okay. Well, thank you two so much. Thank you for coming up. Thank, thank you, thank Molly. You. Yeah.